You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, and what's puberty? The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help. Hello. Welcome this evening on Friday. <laughs> we don't typically record on Friday, so we might be a little off, but it's okay. We're here. Yeah, we, we are here and we're happy to be here. Um, anything special happen this week, Mariah? Not a whole lot. Um, Brady's not here today. Yeah, Brady so. is missing today. So we have our substitute, Brady. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Thanks, Good Bert. job, substitute Brady. <laughs> well, we're going to call him Brady, too. Um, we do have a really cool guest with us today. Um, she is a sex geek and a self-proclaimed sex expert, which I totally... Uh, buy into because she has been studying sex since she was a small child Um, and she has the piece of paper too she's a certified holistic sex educator Um, Melissa would you like to tell us a little bit about your just the very beginning of your like interest in sex when you were a kid thanks hi yeah Melissa um I came in with a curiosity that I I didn't know where it came from. Um, I grew up in Utah, non-Mormon. I grew up in Davis County, non-Mormon. Wow. So definitely um, not the norm and not acceptable to be me there. Um, And I had a lot of questions growing up that were really natural questions for a kid to have. And it was met with um, a lot of awkwardness. Um, some punishment for asking questions Mm. that were totally normal and natural for a kid to ask about bodies and functions and why does he have these parts and she have these parts and you know just really natural things and um, somehow I got really lucky that in my brain I understood that my questions weren't wrong that the people reacting awkwardly had the issue that's really incredible realization for a little kid yeah, I do. Well, because it was just so normal and that like, of course, that's a natural question. Why does he have these parts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that? I don't know what that is. If I saw a naked boy. Why does the sun go up and down? Totally. And you're going to get punished for a question that's just very obvious. And it's just right. part of yeah. that so whole natural experience. I'm super grateful my brain processed that as their issue and yeah. not that I was internalizing that I was doing something wrong. Right. So from a very young age, I was super inquisitive and very interested in the body and how it functioned and everything and how it functioned. But I got particularly interested in the body. I was a gymnast growing up. um, And I really didn't get satiated with my answers being met. And Mm. that was really frustrating for me. And I started from a very young age, sneaking away in libraries to adult sections to find anatomy books, to find (laughs) things way over my head that I tried to read and I couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. But I just kept doing it. I would always sneak away in libraries. I have very distinct memories of like <laughs> naughtiness in libraries. And the naughtiness was sneaking away. Like, I don't want to be in the children's section. I want to know answers to the questions I yeah. want to know. Yeah. So I literally studying sexuality since I was a little kid. Um, what did that progress into? Yeah, like I said, a gymnast um, as I was growing up. And then after high school didn't have an outlet for my gymnast side and got into pole dancing um and that was a real natural progression to do pole dancing and then to start teaching pole dancing and that was a real natural progression to start helping women move their bodies be okay with moving their bodies 
having breakthroughs with moving their hips for the first time, not knowing their hips can move in a certain way and just having like real big releases and just the embodiment practice of movement. So Mm -hmm. I did that for several several years and performed for several years, Um, all the while studying sexuality, continuing to study it on my own. All growing up as a kid, it was just my own like private thing that I studied. Mm. Um, I had little to no experience. I I was non-Mormon, so I was the slut, even though I didn't do anything right. I just like was the devil child. Right. And I didn't deserve that ever. Maybe not ever. Maybe a couple times I deserved (laughs) it. um, I hope so. I'll like you better. Well, I was just scared. (laughs) I I got, I got more wild later, (laughs) later in life. Um, Anyway, I'm going on a tangent. Where did I go? So you Um, were teaching dance. Teaching dancing, um, studying sexuality. Then after my acrobatic career ended, I started um, teaching classes. This was a very hard transition for me because I had to like, I was already coaching people. I was already making money coaching people Mm -hmm. just through word of mouth, just through people asking me questions. And I was just the nerd and I knew a lot about sexuality and the body and and how it functioned. So um, I started doing coaching and then I started teaching classes. I started a project in Salt Lake called the Birds and the Bees, Mm -hmm. which was a weekly uh, meetup group. And I, I wrote the curriculum for two and a half years every week and it was huge and profound and vast and we did lots of different topics and some very challenging ones and um some some very fun ones. it was just like all across the board and that was a really great project how big were those groups of teaching because that's kind of can be really hard when you it's you know drop in or whatever it is or totally and who's going to be in the space when you're preparing yeah, for totally. curriculum that is totally. such a Challenge. The smallest class was three people. That was a snowstorm, and I felt so successful that three people showed up during a <laughs> snowstorm. Um, and the biggest ones were in the 40s. The wow. space didn't allow for a lot more than that. That's and incredible. that was tight. That, the 40 was too much, that many people for the space we had. We what want kind of to know. People want to know. They oh, do. What kind of topics did you cover? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, really huge. So I could go on a long list. Okay. Go on a long list. Um, or just short you, maybe your top, things top, that, five. Yeah. <laughs> top five. Top um, five. My top five is uh, boundaries. Did yeah. lots of boundary work That's and a great. lot of self-love work and mm-hmm. a lot of being solid in yourself and knowing who you are and making decisions from that place. Mm-hmm. Um, consciousness. It was all around sexual consciousness. Um, different touch classes. Um, jealousy. There's a class on jealousy that was really great. We did like Women's Health Month every year. And we did a men's health month. I tricked people every year in men's health month into a circumcision class that was profound and groundbreaking. And I'm so proud of that class and how it went every time. Of course, I couldn't call it a circumcision class because no <laughs> one's going to show up to a circumcision class, right? Um, to talk to talk about necessary things in our culture that where else do we have space to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was one of my favorite, personal favorite classes because it felt like a real accomplishment to talk about the subject, get through the topic with compassion for everyone and every's body, everyone's bodies and where mm-hmm. they're at. And um, I really loved that one, particularly proud of that one. I wrote a sexual rights class. I compiled information from other organizations into what are your own personal sexual rights. And then a partner of mine at the time, a, a business partner, teaching partner, Natalie Reed, who does rapid eye therapy, Um, helped with that and she did wonderful work on ingraining the rights into our system so we know what they are so we're landed in it so we're solid in it it's not just something we read on a paper it's it's part of our identity really Mm -hmm. acclimating it to who we are so she she we had a genius pairing on that class it was amazing um 
so many classes. Let's see. What were maybe some of the ones that didn't land well or that mm -hmm. were, they weren't ready? Because <laughs> you know, sometimes you're like, oh, okay. I thought I nope. thought we were going. No, nope. <laughs> yeah. that was too far. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. You know, one that is constantly disappointing for me is a menstruation class. I have a menstruation class written for everybody, written for an, any human being to to get information from this menstruation class, and it's wonderful. And I didn't know what else to call it. People didn't show up to that one as mm. much as I wanted them to. I just I want stadiums full of yeah. of that information. Yeah, and it's powerful. Top stuff. of the building, shouting it out. Right, um, really good stuff in that space. So that was always disappointing. And the boundary work, I've I've yet to figure out. I continue to play with how to package and brand that because mm. boundaries don't sound exciting and fun and, um the boundaries have a connotation of being limitations yes and, and we don't want limitations working. we want freedom right mm -hmm. and it's hard to to get people who don't understand boundaries yet to know that that is your pathway to freedom right is knowing what your boundaries are yeah um so that one is continues to be my most passionate topic and the hardest one for me you know it's it's my own my own challenge in the world and I love it I'm gonna keep yeah. doing it it's the best stuff so fun yeah I'll geek out with you great <laughs> so yeah that was two and a half years of classes I also did several workshops um a love your parts workshop and it was really just a genital celebration party it was just so much fun that I might sound ridiculous that. it was no ridiculous. it does I mean it was ridiculous and it was amazing um and we included art we made all sorts of art and I made some slideshows that are really incredible Mm -hmm. um, over the years, this has taken a lot of compiling of work, but I have a genital slideshow for male and female. I'd like to eventually bridge them into the spectrum of sexuality because we don't yes. just have right. two genders. Um, and the slideshows are really cool to watch and process. And we, and it takes time and to process through the, the, um, variation, the variability, yeah, yeah. The, the, the vastness that our genitals come in, you know, yeah. the, right. There's it's a spectrum. It's not just it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. How many yeah. times do we say that on the podcast? It's a spectrum <laughs> right. all the time. There is should, should be our tagline. Yeah. <laughs> you should have like a little, um, a button. What is it? What is that word I'm looking for? Yeah. It's like a button, but it does a, a clip. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm not sure. Sorry. Never mind. No, you're <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, the slideshows are fascinating. I definitely have always had women in tears. Um, saying I've hated my body so much oh. and I had no idea that there was this much range. I thought that my whatever is too big or too small or too mm -hmm. dark or too light, whatever, too right. something, right? And then they see the, the variability and you can kind of see people like do this um, acclimating to new information and then they come back to themselves and, and really just love and appreciate who they are and the body they're in and oh, it really fits me that I am shaped like this and that I am this color and whatever it is and mm -hmm. so that's really beautiful it's a really healthy thing to yeah. to see and we know but we know through research the more nudity we see growing up the better body image we have yeah, yeah. um and that's why we refuse to put on clothes at home good just kidding <laughs> good <laughs> but we do wander through the house naked when we need to <laughs> yeah yeah i can verify that yeah <laughs> and we don't have curtains so the neighbors get yeah you guys too. don't because i've modeled with no clothes <laughs> at your house and i was like can they see and you were like yeah and i was like uh you know what <laughs> you know you what know? Uh, just another okay. naked person in your house right. i don't think they care <laughs> it's funny though it's still shocking like i walked through the living room earlier today naked and 
I was in a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> like a video meeting? Yeah. Oh, so I wasn't expecting. But yeah. Love it. It was more that you were prancing nude, Bert, <laughs> than that you were just I nude. I do not prance. You definitely prance. I do prance. It's true. <laughs> Yeah. No, I really love that because the more you're exposed, you see and then normalize the differences. You know, it's not all porn. You know, they, they make the comparison in that saying of look like a porn star for a reason right. because they have a very specific, you know, Barbie doll look. Right. Um, and it's very unnatural. Yeah. That's when most people's exposures to naked bodies, that's what it is. Yeah. Is pornography true. and it can be very detrimental. So what what made you stop doing the birds and the bees mm, curriculum? That's a good question. It was it was a lot of work emotionally, energetically, just on me to hold space for people's transformation every week. Yeah. Um, and I didn't ever quite figure out how to make it financially viable for mm-hmm. me to continue yes. doing it. Um, Did it feel wrong to you to charge for it or I initially had it donation based because I wanted it accessible it's just like I so badly want information accessible to people and I just my heart is so into having this these messages be big and vast and life-changing for so many people right um and then I started charging and um it just wasn't enough it was just so much work yeah and so I started doing monthly workshops which were fantastic Mm -hmm. um and then I started getting other gigs. I got a really sweet gig where I got to travel to Europe back and forth, an unrelated nanny job. That was just awesome. So, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to jet set across the yeah. world for a couple years. Um, so I stopped doing it then. Uh, I started doing, this was, a, this was like a little secret private project that I did not advertise publicly. It was wonderful. It was the most like borderline legal illegal thing that I've done Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and it goes right along with what we were just talking about with nudity I ran naked dinner parties that were entirely Mm -hmm. non-sexual and normalized nudity and we would get naked together in a specific way in a structured way and not ever crossing anyone's boundaries like really tapping into people one at a time and honor yourself and where you're at and no one was forced to do anything right and um, we would just be naked and talk about our bodies and eat dinner together and it was really profound and it was really beautiful and I only did a few of those one series of those and then went on another trip to Europe and then had another series planned this spring that got canceled because of COVID um and those were wonderful I always just do these little pro I just do little things and what my heart's (laughs) called to do and it's always around sexuality and yeah um they're all experiments they're all personal experiments they're all how's this gonna work and We've definitely talked about our salty sex cast crew has talked about we need to do a naked episode Mm -hmm. or something like that just to it definitely would feel more comfortable. (laughs) We talked about tabbing out in the the yard naked a couple times. Mm -hmm. That that actually was on the calendar for a minute and things come up. We tried to cook naked one time, but it was bacon. (laughs) Naked and bacon (laughs) doesn't work. A splatter. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's awful. You're doing a great. You're doing a great job being Brady. And I appreciate you. (laughs) So bring us into your Mm -hmm. journey where like touch Mm -hmm. comes in. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I didn't mention I was a massage therapist too. Um, That was somewhere in, in the mix. Yeah. (laughs) Massage therapy. I've done it. Gosh. Um, What what year is it? 14 years now. Okay. 16, 14 years now. I can do basic math. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Touch is, touch is huge. And touch is a very personal thing to me. We were talking about beforehand. Touch is something that, um, we all know it's a need, 
that's, that's something we talk about. We all know touch is a need, but it's not something in our society that we treat like a need. No. Right. We not definitely don't act like it's a need. We all know food's a need. We all know water's a need. You do these things. You do it on a regular basis. It's consistent. Touch is one of those things. If someone ever complains about not having enough, it's like, yeah, get over it. Right. You know? But if you're like, I don't have enough food and I'm not okay. No one says, yeah, get over it. Right. Yeah. There are charities for that. Right. right. There, there's work. There are programs. There are, there are programs. There are professionals. There's yeah. structure and systems around making this healthy for humans. Right. Yeah. And in touch, we don't understand that collectively as a need. And it also is because there's different levels of needs. People, some people are fine to not be touched and are uncomfortable if other people are touching them. Right. Right. And some people, if they're not touched and I'm one of them, go really low I get mm-hmm. really low I get really depressed it's a very challenging thing for me in my life if I don't get the touch that I need I, yeah. I definitely struggle mentally I married one of those that was, that's a struggle because <laughs> yeah. I have to remember consciously and he mm-hmm. has to tell me all the time remind me all the time mm-hmm. I need more touch affection yeah. Uh, yeah. cuddles anything I'm like oh, I'm sorry it's especially hard right now with COVID where everybody is separated and isolated and you know um, most of our outlets for touch have disappeared mm-hmm. yeah um do you want to speak to that a little bit yeah 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 on on a professional large scale and also on a personal scale on on all of that for me um i w- went just starting with the personal level i went in with some friends and quarantined uh, with two friends and i the the level of touch deprivation that i get to i'm clear it gets to a pre-verbal place where I'm so young that I couldn't ask for help. There's a point where I get to where it's not like I could say, I just need someone to hold me. Like I'm so deep and I'm so in, there's not words at that place. Mm. And I'm not the only one. I'm speaking to this because I know I'm not the only one that gets to that place where it's like, it's not just about just ask for what you need. It's younger than that. It's younger than when you knew words, when you needed to be touched. Um, And there's a level of that too I want to talk about and I hesitate because I don't want to um, say that my parents were bad in any way. I have amazing parents and I love them incredibly and they did their best and they're awesome. And I wasn't touched enough as a child. My mom randomly just admitted to me that like super randomly one time she just kind of glazed over and said, you weren't touched enough as a baby. Wow. And I, I wanted a couple things I wanted to say was I know (laughs) (laughs) because I know who I am now and I know what I struggle with internally now. And I can feel that I'm a baby that's just like, fucking hold me. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Someone yeah. needs to hold me, yeah. right? Um, and I also wanted to ask her, more, like, tell me more what happened yeah. there. But I can tell she was having a moment. I'm only saying this. I know she'll never listen to this. So <laughs> if my mom ever listens to this, I love you dearly. <laughs> You're an amazing woman. Um, yeah, but uh, there's a, what I'm saying is there's a level that we can all get to that's, that's pre-verbal. Yeah. And none of us really know how much we were held as a child, right? We don't have memories there, but we have body memory there. We have body knowledge there. Mm. Um, the other part of it, sorry, what was the, your question even? Oh, I just we were just rambling. No, that's me. perfect. <laughs> uh, everything that you're saying is very useful. Um, I was just talking about how COVID has affected okay. you and then like us collectively so as what a society. I, thank you. Yeah. What I was saying is I was with friends and I felt like I was asking them as much as I could saying like I'm struggling right now and they're close friends and they're people I love saying I'm struggling right now will you hold me can we have more touch and I felt like I was asking and I wasn't getting it 
and we later talked about it and they didn't feel like I was asking at all. They didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was asking enough, but I was crying out as desperately as I could. Um, and ended up finding a girlfriend. I was telling you guys before, uh, we started recording, finding a close friend of mine that does, um, internal work, physical internal work. And we did an exchange to, together cause we've both been trained in certain ways on doing this kind of work. Um, and who cares if you're not, if you want to touch your friends, touch your friends, right? That's fine. Um, but she was doing internal vaginal work. I should, I should specify well, we're doing mouth work too. That's fine. But she's doing an internal vaginal work specifically on my cervix, which is known to connect to the vagus nerve and be calming and soothing to the psyche. And I feel like she kept me alive. I was getting to a suicidal place in the beginning of COVID and I haven't been there in a long time. Like I've gone a lot of work to get out of those really dark places, but I do not want to be in the world where no one wants to touch me. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to be here if there's no one that wants to touch me and hold me. Right. Um, Can you tell us more about that work? Like, tell me about the vagus nerve and it, this its role in your body. This comes from self-cervix. So look up self-cervix. What's her? Olivia Brandt. I'm sorry if I messed any of that. Olivia Brandt, I believe, um, is really pioneering self-cervix work and, um, and, and really just taking the guards down. Our cervixes as women are just battered and abused and typically are painful or numb that's it's typical for most women to have that be painful or numb some have erotic sensation there it's meant to have erotic sensation it's meant to be very sensitive it connects the channel of our whole being it's uh, it's a a core connection Mm -hmm. if it's meant to be very sensitive then why have we lost feeling there um because we've not can i touch you yeah we've not connected with it we've not like We've not connected with it. It gets pounded by penises, typically, right? <laughs> or gets cut out. Or gets cut yeah. out. I've never been so more regretful of that yeah. than now. I was like, eh, it served its purpose. It's done. Like, yeah. take it. It's ruined anyway. Like, I didn't want to yeah. worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting to hear about that, for sure. Yeah. There was a woman in sex education school that... Um, was really upset that her cervix got taken out when she had a hysterectomy Mm -hmm. and was not told that that was going to happen. And what she didn't know about herself and her body is that's where her orgasms originated. (gasps) And she herself didn't know that until it was gone. And she's like, why the hell can I have, I can't have orgasms anymore. She didn't realize what a pleasure pathway it was for her. It was just an internal area and she didn't connect it to specifically being the cervix. How many women would, right? Really? I mean, never have heard of that. Right. Yeah. It's been a practice of mine recently. I'm very new into it. I've only been connecting with it maybe a year or two now. Um, and working on regaining sensitivity mm-hmm. and sensation to the area. And it's a process. And I've had great, great help with it with a couple of friends and a couple of lovers that have been really good and trained in the work, too. So hmm. um, anyway, so this friend saved my life during the beginning of COVID, I really feel like, to keep me sane and keep me going with not having any other connection. and I think a lot of people we know a lot of people are really struggling right now Yeah. speaking of myself and I'm not pointing fingers like y'all are struggling (laughs) no we're all struggling it's a hard time Yeah. and I try to to make that connection you know and we can maybe bring in a little bit of my hang ups with touch and things Mm -hmm. so I can't connect people or connect with needing touch but I can connect with needing face-to-face interaction mm-hmm. I can't get it over the phone I can't get it through the screen it really needs to be a 
you're in my bubble some you know at some point kind of thing but very much so really really struggled during COVID as well Mm -hmm. feel you on that very 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 low touch is a way that we calm the wars in ourselves and each other calm the storms right touch is a, a a very palpable way that we can like relax the psyche and we're all you know there's this tension happening right now and if we could have more conscious touch yeah. more acceptable touch and more of a culture for touch mm-hmm. that's acceptable would really help health this is a bit of a tangent but i want to just briefly tell <laughs> Um, the story of my coffee date this afternoon. So my, my friend and I hadn't seen each other for quite some time and we went out for coffee and, um, I, I can't remember exactly how we got into this conversation, but we realized that both of us wanted to have an all girl orgy and we had never had that experience before. And, you know, I didn't realize that that was something that she would ever be open to. She, probably knew that I was open to it because I'm open about a lot of things but um anyway um in talking about this this possibility of doing this together you know we started talking about our body insecurities and um and how sex is so different with with women um and how how healing that could possibly be and so we decided that we wanted to create like before any sexual act happened, we wanted to create this like circle of intention where we could talk about those insecurities and then lay hands on each other for healing. Wow. Right. Both of you connected with that. Yeah. It was same message, that same need. Yeah. It was really beautiful. It was, I mean, we both got goosebumps and teared up because, you know, having that, I don't know, just, just realizing that, yeah, we both needed the same thing at the same time. Um, touch, yeah, for me, touch is extremely healing and necessary. And, um, I know Mariah, for you, you have kind of a different <laughs> experience <laughs> with it. Yeah. I, I think I'm just very, very heightened, um, to any time someone does touch me, even if it's like brushing up, like walking past me in the movie theater, like I will make myself into the tiniest ball. So no one touches me to walk by. Like it's just a very uncomfortable, I think because, I mean, I didn't grow up with a lot of touch. I don't remember touch at all in my family. Um, and then when I do remember having any type of touch outside of family, it was very negative. It was very um, sexualized, only sexualized. There was never any, you know, it was kind of like maybe hugging family members now and again after you're done seeing them, but it wasn't uh, typical at all it's very rare and so now I'm kind of like are you mistrustful of it I think that too and I didn't realize like how much I do enjoy snuggling like with my husband and 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 Abby even too because that kind of can be you know I I'm like oh I'm doing it for you guys Mm. I'm doing it for you it's your need but then sometimes especially when I'm sick or down I'm like hold me please and that's rare when I ask for that. But I know like something my husband knows anytime something is really, really wrong when I actually ask to be held. Um, my kids, I'm quite a bit more snuggly with. And like I yeah, crave that, makes sense. that with them. Um, you know, my 
oldest son, not so much. He's kind of like, eh, I'm over it. But my seven-year-old daughter, like anytime we can, you know, it's sitting on laps. It's, it's snuggling, watching a show. It's mm-hmm. playing with hair. It's holding hands when we're walking kind of thing. Yeah. And that one, like, it's been the first time I think I've ever, like, had kind of a very non, like, it's just such a natural and I crave it touch yeah that isn't sexual and melissa you said you didn't get the the touch that you needed when you were a baby do you remember being touched more as an older child or were you still craving that touch oh yeah yeah. craving asking manipulating yeah trying so was your family similar to mariah's and it was just a we weren't huggy we mm -hmm. weren't cuddly we Mm -hmm. just yeah we're all just separate yeah there wasn't and I didn't know that was a need really and I guess until I got much older I didn't yeah it's really interesting that you both had a similar experience and then um just a very different reaction to it I'm extremely sensitive to touch though if someone's brushing up I'm, I'll get mad if someone just is unconsciously uh, touching me oh, in yeah. public or something like yeah. that don't pretend like you're you're not aware of your own body or quickly right. get aware of your own body because you're touching me and I'm not okay with it. Yeah. I'm yeah. so with you. <laughs> yeah. I give some very awesome crusties when we're in public places yeah. just because I'm like, oh, you touched me. Why? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then if someone is really just nonchalantly or like truly when you do have a connection, I do kind of understand that, you know, when like you touch someone's shoulder and like, oh, you're going through a rough time or I really care mm-hmm. about you and this is how I'm connecting with you. Um, when I'm not receiving end of that, I'm very like just tense up immediately and I can't share that experience with that person even though I want to like I'm like yeah we do have that type of relationship but I can't just accept that touch or you haven't learned how to yet yeah maybe that's totally what it is yeah but it's just very I fight it as much like anytime it comes I'm like oh hugs are coming I don't want to do you well (laughs) when you want to are you able to like if it's someone that you're sharing that moment and you can tell they have a moment and they touch you do you want to receive that yeah, I think so. I think there's sometimes that I do. And like, it's, it's really interesting. The first friend that I like wanted to hug, I'm, I'm like still remember this moment that I went out and initiated a hug. And I was like, this is not typical. And this was maybe three years ago that it was kind of that point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everyone always makes fun of me when I actually initiate a hug. Typically it's after a few drinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we all have work to do there <laughs> yeah we all our own work to unwind because if you want to receive it yeah you can do work to breathe more and to relax more and to like yeah. feel okay in your body and and also ask for what you need like hey will you slow down or like can you just hold my hand for a second because this is hard for me mm-hmm. or different things like that you can practice yeah and what that will help you with getting your yes there will help you with your no of like hey please don't touch me Mm -hmm. will be a lot easier to say when it's when you don't want to be touched you know it's it's interesting i've had really only positive experiences with or i was i would say very few negative experiences in my life with touch and no traumatic ones i was i'm one of those rare women who's never been sexually assaulted um really outside of like some rando dude once put my hand on his dick but I mean like that didn't like scar me emotionally or anything um and where was I going with this wanting touch allowing it 
I'm still in awe of you being never being sexually assaulted. Right? I've never met one of you. <laughs> Tell me what I it's know. Like. I'm like I know. So that's fantastic. Like a it's amazing. That. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's out there. Well, yeah. I don't know oh, what you did. Oh, I was so going to talk about advocating <laughs> for what I Yeah, so um, even though I've never, you know, I've never been hurt by touch, I had a very touchy-feely, very loving family that I grew up in, and so I always got the, the touch I needed. Um, still to this day, I have a very hard time with, like, new sexual partners saying, please don't touch me like that. Please touch me this way. You know, like, it takes me a long time to get comfortable enough. Um, to talk about my needs mm. in that way, at, at least when it comes to sex. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely definite cultural conditioning for women sexually and non-sexually to not speak, to yeah. not, to not verbalize th thoughts mm -hmm. or feelings. So there's blockages with just being able to speak about uh, what we want or need. Yeah. Um, do you, do you know of, or do any work connected with that? Yes. Yes, yes. With that friend of mine that does the de-armoring work, um, we actively practice. She won't do anything unless I ask for it. So I do want to to make a note. I thought about it a minute ago that when we were talking about touch being exclusively sexual, mm -hmm. I most definitely consider this touch exchange with a friend to be non-sexual, although we are working on each other's genitals. Oh, that yeah. makes complete There's sense. There's no eroticism with yeah. it. We're, f we're friends. I'm not attracted to her. It's, it is what it is. And it's a non-sexual exchange that we're having well, it's on each like, other's genitals. Yeah. Going to a doctor, you know, having that, like right. making sure you're healthy kind of thing. She's just providing that health service for it's you. Absolutely. A health yeah, service. Exactly. And it's so relieving to have it be non-sexual. Yeah. But yeah. connecting it with the voice, she doesn't do anything unless I ask her for it. And she won't as a practice. I have to say, will, will you, will you go harder? Will you go softer a little to the left? Will you do this here? And actively asking for what I want and need. And it's hard. It's a hard thing to do, even even knowing, even having so much practice and knowing so much about the necessity of that, it's still a struggle for me. So where would we get training on um, just learning how to mm. do practice de-armoring? I don't know now with COVID. Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. And I can give you guys resources. I'll look them yeah. up and give them to you to put in after because yeah, I don't have them offhand, wonderful. but de-armoring is a training. Um, and self-cervix does a different training and there are several others that I just can't remember offhand right now that I didn't, no. that I didn't prepare for this moment. No, so you, funny. um, brought up touch memory. Was that what, how you, your body, your, your body, body stores memory. memory. Yeah. yeah. Kind of go on, um, how that has brought you to some of the practices you are now doing now. And what do you do when for that for other people and. Well, that was a very broad question. Yeah, help me. <laughs> help me get more. Um, what, are you, what are you asking with that? How do you bring that in, into your practice? Uh, by talking to the body and working and just, with the body. Just and, the body and, and not, not the mind? not so much the mind, yeah. Okay. Like, to try to get the mind out of it and let the body do what it needs to do through breath, movement, sound, which are three of the really key wow. components in um, processing anything through your body is go into breath movement and sound so I, I definitely go to that work and let the body guide let the body inform the practice and what what it needs and how it needs to to move energy through i haven't read it but have you heard of the book um the body keeps, keeps the, the, sco the score the score yeah 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 
um, yeah, it was highly recommended to me. Yeah. There's lots of books like that. One of my favorites is one from the seventies called body mind, but there's lots of books on, um, somatic psychology and oh, yeah. somatic work. Um, there's a, a practice, there's a movement called sensate focus to focus, uh, it's another part of touch that I wanted to talk about, but, um, basically having meditation and focus around sensation, sensory work. So it's another place to look into um, for doing touch, touch and, and body stuff. Yeah. This is so fascinating. So many new things that like, mm-hmm. didn't really know that that was an option or that's even out there, that those services are there. Um, you know, for me who doesn't crave it, who's not really thought of it, I've never even thought maybe that could even be helping me to relax about certain things and and be okay with more touch too, you know, other side of that spectrum. I don't crave it, but maybe, you know, I can be more comfortable with it too. Well, you don't need to train yourself to be any, like you don't need to be okay with more if you're okay with where you're at, but it would be nice for you to be at choice. Yes, very much so. For the touch you want and Mm -hmm. a choice for the touch you don't want to say no to it. Um, I remember the first time I heard about like they were doing cuddle parties mm-hmm. um, and I was like, that is so fucking weird, but I'm so fascinated. <laughs> like why? I And I could not get my mind around being okay, being that close to someone who maybe you don't know. I mean, sometimes people can't know each other and it's not sexual. I was like, I'm really fascinated about it. I want to know more. And in theory, this sounds great. I don't know if I could ever do it in actual mm-hmm. practice. So it was just mm-hmm. kind of a really funny thing that I remember just kind of obsessing about for a little while. And I would tell everybody about it. I was like, did you know that they do cuddle parties? Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just something that was so fascinating to me. I still have yet to do this. I have yet to do a cuddle party either. <laughs> well, a specific cuddle party. Yeah. I've done other cuddle parties and tantric workshops and stuff like that. But a yeah. specific cuddle party, no. Yeah. I'm not as, as much as I need touch, I'm not as open to touch. I'm, it's not just like anyone can, can just come into my bubble. <laughs> I'm definitely with you yeah. on that. Um, so that makes it a really challenging paradox in my world. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you need it so much. But such a pain then. in the ass. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, you're fine. And it just makes it harder. Yeah, yeah. exactly. When you get to um, pick and choose too. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that comes to another thing is, you know, I... I have to trust someone a lot to be able to comfortably let them into my personal bubble. Um, Yeah, I'll leave it at that. I don't know. I think it's probably maybe healthier for you. The the approach that you guys take where you're a little more discriminating about who touches you (laughs) than... Than the flip side. Over here. (laughs) It definitely keeps me more tense. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to be more free-flowing and, like, not care as much if someone brushed up against me. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be more relaxed with it, mm-hmm. but I'm not. I am very sensitive to it, mm-hmm. and I am very particular and uh, just a pain in the ass, really. Is, <laughs> that's what I am with my own touch, because <laughs> I do need to really trust someone, too. Yeah. Um, and do really need touch. I get a lot of massage work, and I get a lot of... I, I actively seek getting help for my own needs. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about... Um, reliance on on others to meet those needs versus Mm -hmm. reliance on yourself yeah 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 that's so hard partnership we we, I'm sure you've talked about it in plenty of classes part or plenty of podcasts um, partnership comes with so many challenges and and 
discrepancies in needs and requiring a partner to fulfill your needs and polyamory coming in to like try to balance this out and there's so many factors there um i think there's a i know there's a huge untapped arena of self-touch and being with ourselves and not just not just solo sex um by the way i call it solo sex because masturbation is uh the etymology is in defiling your own body and it's just mm. a horrible I didn't know thing. that so I just don't appreciate the word so yeah. call it solo sex um, so within solo sex or in with just self-touch um, I have a, a regular practice of just touching my own body anywhere and everywhere and just giving it gratitude and saying thank you for any number of things whatever I want to thank it for but just having a gratitude practice with actively touching my body and, and feeling feeling my own skin, feeling what it feels like to touch my body. Not just like slapping lotion on and going about my day, but what, a, what are my fingertips feel like as I'm putting the lotion on and how is my, how is my shape today and is it different? And am I, am I bloated? Am I not bloated? Am I whatever, you know, am I retaining water? These kind of things, but just really actively checking in with my physical structure and being present with it. Mm. Few do that at all, right? And yeah. I don't think any of us do it enough. Yeah. It's true. Um, yeah. Just uh, looking at it um, and taking no without judgment. Because <laughs> maybe we do that, but we do it all with judgment. And it's like, oh, thank you. That stretch mark wasn't there yesterday. Totally. <laughs> what the heck? You know, and filling it and, right. you know. Judging, but. assessing, evaluating, mm-hmm. um, yeah. criticizing. Yeah. Rather than thanking. Just, yeah. Right. Appreciating. Yeah. And in, and Loving. or even being like, kind of slowly swing to that neutral side and just without judgment with, you know, one way or the other, you're just noticing and then starting to right with that gratitude. I right. think it's a yeah. really cool thing. You talked to us a little bit earlier about grateful touch. What yeah. are some of the forms that can take? That just what I was saying. Oh, yeah. Just okay. touching yourself and just, um, if you can get to the neutral place, get to the neutral place of, of this is the skin on my thigh and just having that be a meditation. I am present with this skin on my thigh, right? But then evolving it into gratitude and thank you so much for for having ripples and stretch marks and like thank you for moving throughout the day and carrying me from this place to this place and I wouldn't have been able to see the sunset today if it wouldn't have been for you walking up the mountain. Like, you know, whatever it is, but real gratitude yeah real gratitude for your body we wouldn't experience any pleasure in the world without our bodies we experience everything through our physical structure it's i think the most beautiful thing in the world that we need (laughs) to we don't need to you don't have to but i get a lot of uh, a lot of pleasure through gratitude for myself and my body and my physical being you you become more fulfilled you know, when you can take that notice and that time to do that, you know, instead of always wanting, 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 you're, you know, just, I'm here and it's okay. Yeah. And I like me. Yeah. It adds a richness. Yes. To your yeah. life. It adds a, a quality of life that's different. That's richer. Yeah. So you talked about solo sex. What are some other ways that we can do some self-care mm. through touch? You know. <laughs> through touch. <laughs> <laughs> I try to not, when I work with clients one-on-one, I really try to not give, because what I would give you is what would work for me okay. or what I would be guessing would work for you. Okay. The, the, the real juice is in you going into your own body 
So, yeah. Because you're going to find something fucking random. Like, I really love this particular brush at this speed on my skin in this direction. So how do we explore that then? Play. Just play. Exploration. Yeah. Try different um, sensations, different objects, different temperatures, different materials, different speeds, different paces, different pressure. Just play. And try and get weird and get random and just have a block grab anything like really grab anything that's next to you and just like what does that feel like this way what does it feel like if it swirls what is it different here do i like it here do i like it here and keep following that flow give yourself a time period if that's if that's uh something that is challenging for you to do it's something you'd put in your schedule but you wouldn't actually do it right, right. give yourself 10 minutes 20 minutes yeah. where you're gonna sit down and you're gonna explore touch with your own body and you set the timer and you sit down and just start, just start with anything. Like if it's so, this could be really challenging for people. Just put your hands together and feel one hand against the other hand. Just put one hand. This is a good one to touch your lower lip. This is something that'll activate your vagus nerve. We were talking about that earlier with the cervix. Just run your finger. I'm sorry if I sound weird as I'm doing this. <laughs> run your finger on your lower lip. There's a lot of nerve endings in it's both funny, of those I do places. That a lot. It's calming. Yeah. Like, I, like subconsciously, especially if I'm like reading, you know, just any. Yeah. Yeah. The, the key is in your own exploration and hmm. finding what you want and not having judgment with it. Yeah. Because you could easily judge like, oh, gosh, I got turned on by that. Whatever it is, you know, <laughs> I can't believe the water bottle turned me on today. And I'm just like, <laughs> but that's okay. And getting into it, then you'll start to explore like, oh, it's the sensation of cold that I really, oh, I really like how, how smooth the glass is, or I really like how rough the whatever is, or how soft the fur is, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you're getting into your own nervous system and present with your own nervous system. When, when is it healthy to rely on others to meet our touch needs? Of course, when it's consensual and not coerced or manipulated, um, when it's freely given and from a loving nature, um, from a loving heart. That's a hard question. I'm super single. That's a really hard <laughs> question. My needs are not met right now. Let's just say. I'm all, so, like, all I'm right. getting foggy. Talking about <laughs> that human connection from person to person mm-hmm. using touch, um, we've kind of talked a little bit of the lack and sometimes, you know, at least for us personally, what are other things that you see when people don't get that touch? Mm. What kind of happens Thank you. in that human nature? That's such a great question. I definitely have worked with people at a level of touch deprivation that I don't think I, I don't think most humans could ever comprehend. I've worked mm. with people at a level of touch deprivation that they, they become different people. They are, um, of course, socially awkward, but these things are all superficial, like talking about their behaviors. They're just, they're, they're lacking this fundamental human essence of, like would just not failure okay. to thrive can yeah. connect with that? Like I just feel like they're, they're just deeply not okay. Mm, they're and, just and it's existing. not like a massage is not going to help yeah it's so deeply ingrained and it would take so much work to wow. to restructure their nervous system I, i'm curious do they feel present you know how you when you encounter most people 
at some point in the conversation with them, you feel very present with that person. Do they still feel present? Um, some, some have and some haven't, but all have felt... I, I really want to try to not insult here because um, I have a ton of compassion for it, but all have felt dim in their light, in their vibrance. Mm. Um, just, it's not even sad or depressed. It's like... They just haven't fulfilled their particular potential. Not at all. Yeah. Like they're... This is a hard one. This is one of the most challenging... Uh, groups of people that I've worked with that have had severe levels of deprivation of touch deprivation they're just not functioning normally as humans and in a healthy way as humans yeah they never experience this vibrance of life or this enthusiasm or this excitement or inspiration um they're just even killed just zombie yeah 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 going through the motions super sad wow can you can you heal that so that they can reach their full potential my biggest platform in the world like my biggest passion in the world is on healing and i think we can heal a shit ton of things i think there's a lot of work but it's like i said it's not one massage it's not one a one-off it's not a therapy session where we talk about it it's deep deep work for years to restructure the systems to be able to perceive um sensation and feeling and and to become okay with the aliveness that runs through our body. Mm -hmm. So our sexual energy is the aliveness within us, right? Mm -hmm. And we can't suppress that. Well, we can we can push it down, but it, it's gonna come out another way. It'll come out wonky. You can't stop life force from growing. It's the tree that you cut off that keeps re-sprouting roots, right? If we try to suppress our sexual energy, it'll come out in wonky ways. Um, but a long enough level, like a long enough time period of a person not not having access to that flow uh, they just learn to work with so little they learn to work with just a trickle of life force in their life mm. um, and it, it would take a lot of retraining to open up that hose again to open up that energetic flow again we do have um, a sexual surrogate on the schedule awesome that we're gonna talk to um, because that's that's really their main job right is mm. to help heal that sort of person who's suffered from that kind of level of touch deprivation. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful, powerful work. Yeah, it really work. is so important we and it's becoming more recognized and yeah, we were going to go into, we talked about going into prostitution and sex work and mm -hmm. um, having that as a conversation. And I think it's a, I think that's a real conversation of compassion. People yeah. get stuck in a lot of other bullshit of their own judgments about what sex work is and what yeah. prostitution yeah. is and not understanding the fundament of it's a need. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. if, if you don't think it's a need, then you're naive. Then you don't understand that what people are suffering. You with. don't I understand agree. humanity. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sex work and touch work are ne are human needs throughout. It's the oldest profession, right? People have been faced with death for having sex in the world and it has not stopped them. Yeah. People need touch. Yeah. And if people get to the level where they are willing or need to pay, that's a very vulnerable and a very humble position. There's there's a lot of real misconceptions with with prostitution and sex work. And the more we demonize it, the more it becomes, you know, 
more perverse because you know we're digging that deeper just like you said that life force is still going to come out wonky Mm -hmm. one way or the other that drive that need to connect with someone is going to come out in very unhealthy ways we're going to um take advantage of the vulnerable and unfortunately that's not Mm -hmm. what we want to do at all and not just vulnerable but the people who are severely struggling Mm -hmm. to have someone severely struggling and they know what they need and to say no you can't have it someone's starving to death and there's food right there and you're like "Mm, no Mm -hmm. no no that'd be wrong if you had that bread yeah Yeah, fuck you you don't understand what people are going through yeah that's how i feel about it (laughs) good You need it's to a pee? very long pause. No, no. Oh, that I'm, was that look. I'm that good. You no, nodded. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, we can Is cut it. Time? <laughs> Is it time to go to the I can, I can hold out for well, a few Well, now I'll minutes. be cutting it. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. <laughs> what else have we, maybe, I know it's such a hard question. What else have we not covered that you'd like to cover today? Mm. But it's just some very foundational beliefs and practices open your heart and mind, whatever that looks like for our listeners about touch and human connection on touch. The only real progress I think we're going to make in our culture and our society, it has to start with the individual. It has to start in the own mom- your own moments. And that's why I was kind of coaching you earlier on that moment of someone touching you. It has to start with you taking a breath, not just you specifically, mm-hmm. but all of us mm-hmm. stopping and taking a breath and getting conscious of ourselves and our own needs. The work has to be inner work. We, we all need to be doing our own inner work. And I think less and less, I'm less and less inclined to be working outer in large groups and definitely doing my own inner work. Um, I don't know why that quite came up. I already forgot your question, but. <laughs> um, and how, like, how would, I guess what, what I'm trying to figure out is uh, like um, for someone who has no clue where to start mm-hmm. to do that work, where would we start? I would start twice a week. 10 minutes and you create your own structure. You can add the time and add the days and like make it bigger and bigger and challenge yourself more and more, but get present with your own body, get present with your being. Like if you don't already have a meditation practice and a yoga practice and these kind of things to be present with yourself, start developing your own touch practice and, um, connect with your own body and learn your own body and feel it and and talk to it and ask it what it needs and just be with it, be with your own body and touch your own body. I think that is profound work and can go a really long way. It's beautiful. Yeah. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know about either yourself or your practice or mm. touch in general? Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm just working one-on-one with clients right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing a lot of, like I was doing the, the naked nights. I've been doing a lot of things and COVID shut a lot of things down and made me like many people really focus on my own needs and what I needed to do. And, um, I didn't have enough foundation to create what I was trying to create. So I've been working on creating a foundation for myself personally before I get back into doing my work in the world. So now that that is starting to take hold in my life, I'm getting back into my work, which is taking new form, which is really uncomfortable for me, like the electronic (laughs) version of things and the (laughs) zoom version of things. Right. It's very unnatural for me. I I very much work one-on-one with people and with their bodies. What does a Um, typical client look like? Oh, my God. My clients have been so vast. It's ridiculous. I've worked with a huge variety, huge variety of age and race and gender, 
all over all of those spectrums. Um, what are maybe some typical things that you see why they come to you? Yeah. Um, I work a lot around here with religious recovery mm-hmm. with um, post people getting out yes. of religion and mm-hmm. knowing that there's a lot they don't know and understand and would really like to yeah. understand. Um, so that's a huge chunk of my work is what I call religious recovery. That's what I've named it. Um, and so much of that is about learning your own voice, getting into your own body, um, and connecting with the self rather than connecting with a God that's outside of yourself, but connecting with your own voice there. Um, so that's a ton of the work. I work a lot of with sensation and, um, playing with sensation and, regaining sensation in parts of the body that have gone numb if there's trauma one of my favorite clients um had a tickle trauma this is just a random example um she was tickled in in an abusive way and it stuck with her and she yes she said no and it continued and it's something that stuck with her so when her partner tickled her um it was traumatic and not just a turn off let's just say it it wasn't good for their their sex life that this trauma would come up for her and um we had a, we had great sessions with just me touching her and working working with sensation and kind of re- deprogramming and reprogramming the work and she j- was just in tears and so grateful and so thankful that she could connect with her partner again and not have a trauma reaction and and he would have a trauma response too because he's just trying to touch his lover right and she freaks the fuck out and right. it was like yeah. this cycle that oh, was not okay oh yeah. yeah so breaking that cycle that's just one example of a, a great yeah. client that i had um the the needs of people are as vast as people right and <laughs> but there are pathways that are reliable to to connect with the self and what your own needs are mm-hmm. um yeah so there's a few examples I appreciate I've it. Worked with. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was like a little triggered when you talked about and the women laying on our hands on each other. I was like, oh no, like the temple. <laughs> right. Well, we <laughs> talked about that because we both come from Mormon backgrounds yeah. and we decided we want to rebrand. That's what that. I was thinking. You know, and so that's why I was like open to you saying it. I was like, oh good. But yeah. I was like the minute you said right. that, like that's exactly I know, where yeah. my brain went. We're taking went. the power back. So non-Mormon like, wants to know what you're talking about. Um, so Thanks. typically, uh, the men hold the priesthood, and so they can put their hands on your head and give you blessings. Um, of healing or... healing, yeah, or just like, good luck. I don't know. <laughs> it was always kind of, you know, for it's kind of just supposed to like bless you, but they touch your head and they hold their hands over your head. When you go through the temple, it's a female who does it, which no one warned me on. So it was very like... This is new. Mm-hmm. Um, she put her hands on my head and said a prayer. And then they touch your stomach and your back, your heart possibly. Your head. Underneath a gown. So you're on Some really uncomfortable skin places. Skin. Skin, to skin. skin to skin. So you're wearing like this poncho type gown and they kind of go under. It and seems like they touch with your. No, requ- no, they're not asking. Um, That's right. And I was not given any type of heads up. Nope. No like one's it, told ahead of time because it's sacred. And Therefore, it's like, it has to be it's secret. Okay. The only thing I got was, I know this is going to be weird. I know because I'm a woman, right? And I was like, no, bitch, because you're touching me and I wasn't prepared for <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, no one asked for my consent. I, I do remember yeah, them touching maybe my like belly and like wishing, and below like the, not wishing me, but like 
fertility. fertility. It had something to do with fertility. Yeah. So they, mm-hmm. they touch you, you know, near your uterus. Which gave me a giggle because I was already pregnant when they did that. <laughs> Thanks so much for helping. Yeah. <laughs> you guys did such I, a good job. The more I learn about the church, the more I learn about sexual violation. Yeah. 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 So that one was very, it was the one and only time I did go through the temple because I was like, I don't know. No thanks. Yeah. It's, it was awful. You could at least ask. It's right. really not hard. What are you going to do t- if you say no? Your you're head? not going to be able to get your endowments and you're not going to be able to go to the heaven if you say no. So why should I even ask you? Right. Right. I mean, that's their mentality. And that's kind of where I just struggled. But yes. So I'm glad you wow. said that and rebranding it. Fuck. Yeah. Take it back. Yeah. It's mine's now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking it all back. Do it. Yeah. It sounds like Love a very it. empowering practice and a very uh, uh, healthy reclaiming for yeah. you to do. Yeah. And to have someone ask you and to wear a gown, whatever, like however you want to do it, <laughs> but to have someone ask you, can I touch your belly? Yeah. Have you say, hell no, bitch. Mm-hmm. Hell no. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you and your white clothes. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Melissa, so much for sharing your expertise and your time with us today. It's really, really enlightening. And, um, do you have a way that you want anyone to contact you? Yeah. Um, just if they're interested. Yeah. Higher sex education at gmail.com. The business name. And that is H I G H E R. Thank you. Higher Perfect. sex education at gmail.com. Just email me there. Um, I am, I don't have my shit together. Life's life is what it is right now. So I don't have the website up and all the, all the things yet. So it'll happen when it happens and you can get me at that email there. Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. And you can also reach us by email at saltysexcast at gmail.com. You can support us and make this possible by um, becoming a patron, which is at patreon.com forward slash saltysexcast. Um, check us out on Twitter, Facebook. Am I missing anything? But we do appreciate those people who support us that way, either financially, liking, sharing, anything like that, because that just shares again the message that we want to come out and um you know stop making everyone so scared about sex and touch <laughs> and all the things it's true um, and we support all yeah. of you or we th- are thankful for all of you who support us by just listening every week and sharing it with friends so thank yeah. you so much because that makes it worth it for us absolutely all right i guess that's a wrap right it is okay thank stay you, sexy and salty bye, bye. What's puberty? Puberty? Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the piece. When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange. Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin to change. It enlarges the penis itself. And there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina. The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help.